Oh, hi there. How you doing tonight? I hope you're doing well. I am too. All right, guys. Welcome to another edition of The C Report. I am your host, Michael Aaron Casadis, otherwise known as Mr. C. And it's great to be here with you guys tonight. Now, that was a kind of rough start, wasn't it? <laughs> okay, guys. Well, welcome on in to another episode. Uh, my internet connection was interrupted. It was uh, kind of on par with what happened yesterday, in case you guys were like, why aren't we seeing anything? Uh, let me see here real quick. Let me go down my menu. Okay, okay. I see, I see you over there in Florida doing your thing. You think I ain't, uh, you think I ain't savvy? Uh, sorry guys, I'm just, uh, I'm talking to my computer. Talking to my computer. Uh, taking notes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, trying to, de to debunk whatever the heck is going on here with my uh, connection. Does that qualify as over the target? Or do you think I'm just a pure nuisance, ladies and gentlemen? Either way, glad to be back and glad to have you along with us tonight for another episode of The Sea Report. Today is Tuesday, March 22nd, 2022. And we are coming to you live on multiple platforms, including eh, the foxhole.app and pill.net. Yeah. Clout Hub Twitch and Rumble. If you are on any of these platforms, if you catch the show in the replay or if you're with us live right now, make sure you uh, hit the follow button or the subscribe button. And most definitely hit that favorite button if you're over there at the foxhole.app. Ladies and gentlemen, it is um, a wonderful Tuesday, I have to say. A wonderful Tuesday. <laughs> So much going on in the news today, you know, last night we did that uh, five hour, five and a half hour presentation. You know, I did not even realize how quickly the time had gone by. I mean, by the time I knew it, five hours had passed. The Sea Report does not normally run that long. I think the only time we did a show like that was during our one year anniversary, our birthday. It was a fun time. I remember you guys had a good time. I had a good time. It was a pretty good time. But, uh, you know, it was whew, a lot of information to cover, but uh, well worth it. And uh, I think everyone left a little bit uh, with at least one extra wrinkle in their brain, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, you know, my brain is pretty smooth, but, uh, you know, I, I, you know I, I felt pretty good about um, felt pretty good about the show. And, uh, yeah, you know, so, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be doing it again tonight. We're not going to be quite five hours tonight. We'll probably, uh, we'll probably attempt to restrain ourselves to our standard two hours tonight. Uh, we have, uh, we have a light episode for you guys tonight, meaning we're not going to be crashing into so many topics like we did, uh, the previous night and in previous shows. I mean, I mean, granted the topic that we were speaking about mostly, uh, if not uh, fully about last night, was, uh, you know, uh, election integrity. Very, very important, that election integrity. Uh, saving our elections, election fraud, you know, exposing that, you know. Uh, 
Um, so uh, that I mean, that was the main, but all the stories within those topics, right? Well, uh, one of the main stories we have for you guys tonight, of course, will be in the same vein because it's like all of these things just keep rolling and rolling and rolling out. You know, I think we're past the point of the drip, drip, drip. You know, I think it's becoming more like a leak, right? It's becoming more of a leak, you know, kind of like the leak that we have in our ceiling downstairs. Yeah, I told you guys they fixed, they, they remodeled or refurbished or whatever, updated my restroom here, my throne room. And in the process of doing so, they managed to uh, screw up somewhere. And before you knew it, we had, uh, we had water dripping all over the dining room table. Yeah. So uh, just like that, ladies and gentlemen, just like that, the, uh, the water of truth and news and information shall create a teat-like dripping by the stream of knowledge on the ceiling of your ignorance, America. And that's basically what's happening right now. So, you know, where it was like um, all of these uh, stories about uh, election fraud, election trigger, there's no election fraud ever been proven. It's all a big lie. Uh, you know, where, where that was once sequestered to like, I don't know, a couple of weeks at the beginning and at the beginning of 2021, end of 2020. And then kind of went on a pause for a couple of months because really there was probably only one outlet, news outlet, media organization out there that was covering anything election integrity. Uh, that, of course, would have been the Gateway Pundit. And then the Gateway Pundit managed to steer clear of a lawsuit from Dominion and Smartmatic. In fact, I'm surprised that they're not on their radar um, because they're the only ones who have consistently put out the stories that are happening. I mean, any other news organization, I'm thinking of someone like the Epoch Times, could not even be bothered to tell you it was happening. Like, they don't have to get into the details. They don't have to tell you uh, what, uh, you know, uh, voting system that they're uh, auditing. They don't even have to talk about the voting systems, period. But uh, I noticed the Epoch Times did refrain from really talking about any type of election integrity stories, particularly, I mean, they could have covered Colorado. That's what we're talking about tonight. Uh, they could have covered New Hampshire. They could have covered uh, Wisconsin, you know. Uh, they could have covered Arizona. They didn't even have to mention Dominion voting systems, right? They didn't even have to say that name because, after all, they were sued. I give them a pass, though, the Epoch Times, because it's not like Newsmask, who is, I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but, you know, I heard that they, uh, either they are the parent company or their parent company, either way, word around the water cooler is that Newsmask works hand in hand with media matters, right? You know, that's what I heard. Okay. Not my information, not my knowledge, just something I heard. I haven't looked it up. Something about they share the same address, News Mask and Media Matters. So, you know, News Mask, understandable. 
That's why I won't give them a pass because of the way that they treated Mike Lindell. Okay. <laughs> In fact, we'll have a, well, actually, no, we're not going to have a story with Mike Lindell today. He is peripherally on the story. You know, Mike Lindell, of course, he's another one who has not stopped with the election integrity. He's another one who has not, uh, you know, stood down in the face of lawfare. Of course, the man has the money to deal with it. I mean, that's basically what it takes whenever you're dealing with uh, litigious individuals or entities like Dominion. And of course, they like to give you that chill factor of uh, lawfare to uh, stifle you or stumble you or stump you. So this way, uh, you know, you uh, you don't move forward and neither does anyone else in your wake. That's the name of the game here, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, yeah, the Gateway Pundit managed to avoid all of that. Good for them. And perhaps that's the reason why that they are the, really the only ones that have been very consistent and thorough as possible in their reporting you know, I don't, uh, I don't, I, I, I finally got my membership to frankspeech.com, but I don't go there that often. Now, from what I understand, you know, uh, Michael Lindell has a lot on election uh, auditing, integrity, fraud news over there. In fact, that's like his, that's like his, uh, that's like his raison uh, d'etre. <laughs> I know I didn't say that right. But uh, I know that's his reason to exist. I know that's what he's all about. He's doubled, tripled, quadrupled down in 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 uh, typical addict fashion. He will not pull away from that blackjack table. You know, he's going to stand there until he hits 21, right? Well, it seems that uh, we are getting closer and closer and closer to that, ladies and gentlemen, to finally being able to hit 21, per se, Okay, uh, and we'll be talking about that today uh, with our first main story, which is going to be all about uh, the state of affairs in Colorado. Who knows, guys, maybe Colorado will end up decertifying before the uh, five most highly contested states in the 2020 presidential election. Could very well be. You never know, guys. I mean, you know, uh People in the legislatures of the various and respective states uh, can be entirely different from one to another. You know, where uh, Wisconsin and Arizona can't seem to act until someone else does, who knows? Maybe, maybe one, and and in the face of all the evidence that they have, okay? We're not even going to put Georgia on the table for that. Georgia, all of the evidence, and there's plenty and uh, just... A lot of evidence in Georgia, you know, uh, but that, that that has not even become a thought in the minds of the legislatures of Georgia. OK, they've not even seen any. There's been no hearings in Georgia. There's been no uh, I mean, they've had press releases. They've had press conferences, but you have not yet had a committee in the Georgia state legislature convene to um, review and to discuss anything dealing with election fraud or election integrity. You just haven't, okay? Whereas, of course, we have Wisconsin that's doing that in spades. Uh, we have Arizona who's done that in spades. Uh, we've had Pennsylvania do that as well, but not Georgia. So we'll leave Georgia off the table for now, even though they've had more evidence 
and on video than the other two states. But it, it doesn't matter. Colorado could come out of nowhere. You know, that's what I'm saying is that these other states, their state houses, their, their representatives, their elected officials, they, they might say, they might say, I don't need all 30 pieces of evidence like Arizona has or Wisconsin has or Georgia has. They might just need one piece of evidence. And they're like, that's it to certify the mother. Because uh, this makes us lose our confidence and we cannot determine a winner just based on uh, what we see in this report. And we see that could be the case in Colorado, although I don't know. The more and more the Colorado case unfolds, the more obvious it seems that uh, they just all corrupt over there. Like... Uh, who are they beholden to or who do they owe? You know, because uh, quite clearly, um, it takes something to have that many people against justice, against the Constitution. And it might be, uh, it might be, what's the word? It might be uh, subtle to the everyday average uh, sleeping normie American. Uh, to people like us, it's rather obvious that they are not following their constitution, that they are not honoring their constituency, and that they are breaking the law. We have all of this stuff happening in Colorado right now. Who else is talking about Colorado right now? The, there's a lot of stuff going on in Colorado right now. Like, this is like, this is like uh, a stand in line, get ahead, uh, get get there 24 hours ahead. It's going to be a packed house kind of event going on in Colorado. Why is it that only Arizona got this much attention, right? Is it because Colorado is not one of the uh, five most contested states in uh, in the 2020 presidential election? Is it because President Trump and his legal team didn't go to Colorado? Is that the reason why no one's paying attention to Colorado? Because if everyone was sharing the information on what's going on in Colorado right now, could you imagine the firestorm? Now, if you take everything that we've seen in Antrim County, Michigan, in Maricopa County, Arizona, in all of Wisconsin, okay, the findings of a voter, a GA, Garland Favorito, and what they found in their scanned ballot images and their review of that, okay, if you took all of that, if you took the canvassing information from South Carolina, if you took the, uh, the, the canvassing information from uh, New Hampshire, and you took the um, uh, election machine information from the report in Mesa County, Colorado, and you combine that with the information that was included in uh, Tory Morris's affidavit... We've basically cracked the case, okay? We have all of these states and all of these individuals fighting for truth and integrity in our elections across this country, and they everyone seems to have a piece of the puzzle, right? Everyone has a piece of the puzzle. Now, granted, the information that we covered last night in Tory Morris's affidavit, that's uh, Tory says, you know, the information we covered last night, that came out in, uh, what, was, what was the date on that? December of 2020, okay? So if you think about everything that we have learned 
about how they stole this election, about how these machines are crooked and don't work through their own personal investigations. You know, you had uh, Matt DiPerno running for secretary of state in Michigan, uh, in Michigan, who in his own personal investigation that he was, do- he was doing through the process of the courts, discovered everything that you need to know. From, uh, you know, the culpability of the machines to be accessed by uh, the internet and remotely, you know, to, to all of the other th- details of that case, you know, take what they found in Arizona. In Arizona, oh lord, ladies and gentlemen, not only were we talking about, uh, you know, uh, information on the ballot drops, on fake ballots, on the voter roll system, on the, the machines, up to a point, because Maricopa County is still hiding all that information. Why do you think they're hiding that information? They're trying to wait it out, ladies and gentlemen. But point being, if you take all of that information and then you, uh, you throw in Tina Peters, Mesa County election uh, um, report, and you get that together with the information in Tory Marsh's affidavit, and you've basically got your puzzle solved. You have all the different ways that you could do it. And then you have evidence of uh, who has perpetrated it. You remember in that affidavit, it gave you business names. It gave you addresses. It gave you methods of interaction. And uh, in the reports in those three respective states, it gives you the information of what they did and how they did. Now, Tina Peters report, as we will go through tonight is probably the most specific report on election fraud and how it happened that we've seen across the board. In Antrim County, we could say, yes, it was accessed. We have evidence because there's, uh, there's this other, uh, you know, uh, IP address coming in the mix somewhere in here. And then, and then, as a way to uh, as a way to express that, you know, they 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 perform that that themselves. They can't tell you who it went to, where it went to, why it went to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But they can tell you that it could be done. Okay, you look at Maricopa County, Arizona, and uh, basically what you have here is, well, you know, we can't access the routers, we can't access Splunk logs, so we can't tell you how they did it, where it went to, if it went to how it went to, why? Well, I guess they couldn't really answer why without being speculative. But in Tina Peters' report, it tells you everything. It tells you step-by-step exactly what they did and why the actions that incurred on those machines present a very possible, uh, positive determination for uh, hacking and fraud. Very, very much so. Very, very interesting, guys. Very, very interesting. So we are, we are putting the pieces together, ladies and gentlemen, a little at a time. Uh, but, you know, the sharing and the dissemination of this information, I think, is probably of very great import. Because, after all, if no one knows it's happening, did it happen? You know? And, and that's kind of the game that they, uh, they, they try and maintain. By they, of course, you know, I'm talking about, you know, globalist interests, tyrants, Nazi supporters, 
bloodthirsty, uh, you know, uh, pagan baby eaters, that kind of thing. Um, they don't want people to know and or recall and or have that knowledge. It, it, it just adds more animus. It gives them more fire to their fuel. They're like, well, hey, there actually is some election fraud. Let me tell you what. Let the record reflect. Not only has there been a lot of found, discovered, and documented fraud and discrepancy, but we're also able to document the reactions that are coming from these discoveries. In this case, of course, we're talking about uh, Jenna Griswold in Colorado. Oh, that woman is a monster, ladies and gentlemen. But um, we'll, we'll get to Jenna Griswold and we'll get to uh, Colorado in just a bit, guys. But um, these are exciting times to be alive. You know, they were saying, what was this? We're in, uh, we're in March Madness, right? Ooh, March Madness, you know? And I, I had to think about that because people are like, March Madness, March Madness, March Madness. I say people, even though I don't pay attention to anyone else's uh, news reports, but... Uh, what what is that supposed to mean? Is it supposed to be like an October surprise? Are we gonna have an October surprise in the middle of March? Boy, that's 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 uh, less than six months difference. Depend well, you know, depending on what side you're coming at, it could be seven months. But uh, you know, I had to think about it when I started thinking about what's happening in Ukraine and Russia, right? Uh, what's going on with Zelensky? Okay, that you know, that is a very very interesting question indeed. Actually. What is going on with Zelensky? Now, you know, we did a couple of episodes ago, we talked about what? We talked about um, Zelensky uh, possibly being like a, uh, oh, I mean, we, we, we exposed Zelensky. That's what we did a couple of episodes ago. Like we, we just let the cat out of the bag. We just, you know, uh, um, shat all upon him. And uh, let everyone know exactly who he is. Let me see if I can't find something that I'm looking for real quick. Um, and, uh, but you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of other things. So, like, the first thing that we were kind of thinking also about Zelensky here, one of my personal thoughts was that um, Zelensky was a good guy. Zelensky was a... Uh, Zelensky was a, uh, you know, working for the good guys. You know, that's, that's what I was thinking. Hold on. I don't see what I'm looking for. Just a moment. Oh, Lord. Do I really have to do that? Okay, hold on. What are we looking at? That. Okay, let me try it over here. Uh, and then something came across my... And this is just to add to the madness, guys. The March madness. Okay. Is what I'm trying to get at now with Zelensky. Let me see if I can find it. Well, damn, damn, double damn. Okay, uh, let me see here. We're going to get to the bottom of this no matter who's on top. Um, aha, gotcha. Okay, let me see if I can do this real quick. And then maybe I can come to a point, right? Yes, not now. Um, you guys probably be wondering what I'm looking for. 
Um, okay, no, no, just to add to the madness, right? Because in this madness, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, uh, have we ever, have we ever faced as much crazy propaganda as we have at this date and time? Do you know what I mean? Like, there is such a confluence of information that is going on right now. It's insane, okay? And it's like, it's like, they, you know, we've always heard and or talked about an information war, right? And it was always, you know, people in, in the truth and the patriot movements uh, uh, sharing that information, sharing that knowledge, getting it out there. And, uh, you know, that was versus the mainstream media. But I don't think I've ever seen a time where the lamestream, shamestream, fake news, mockingbird media was defeated so quickly just by the amount of information that, you know, digital warriors, etc. put out. It's insane. The turnaround on that is, is quite insane. And, and even though they would never admit it, you can see it because their storylines just don't stick. Their narratives, their talking points change day to day. Now, if their storylines and their narratives were sticking and resonating in the hearts of everyone, they could stay on it. But they've had to change their stories multiple times uh, to the point of ridiculousness. Okay, March Madness, ladies and gentlemen... March Madness. I'm looking for uh, something I wanted to share with you guys about Zelensky. Let's see. Uh, hey, Tam Grell. Uh, Tam Grell says, Zelensky wants Victoria Millie's help. <laughs> no doubt, right? No doubt about it. Um, where is it? Hold on. I'm looking for something. We're doing a little bit of a live dig right here. Uh, yeah, you know, yes, yes. He does want Victoria Millie's help, Tam Growl. And Rapture Ready, you are right on my thoughts. Exactly. She says, uh, well, Alice in Wonderland has the March Hare and Cheshire Cat. We're all mad here. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking maybe March Madness isn't about the madness that's going to be going on at this time, maybe March Madness is going to be showing us that uh, everyone is mad as a March ha- as a Mad Hatter, right? No, as mad as a March Hare. March Hares can be mad. Oh, come on. March Hares are mad. They're, they're, they're constantly Twitter-pated. Or they're just mad as a Hatter. They've just gone mad as a Hatter in their haberdashery. With all that mercury just going insane. Okay, I found it, I think. But let's add to... because th- Let's add to the madness, okay? Because, you know, it's enough to drive us crazy, you know? With all of this information coming out, left and right, up and down, uh, you know, this and that. It's enough to drive us all crazy. Um, 
Because you know what? When I come on the air here and, you know, I'm no, uh, I'm no doctorate, I'm no whatever, you know, and, and I give my own amateur analysis on what I see as geopolitical events with a very limited knowledge, but with some, you know, research done, you know, uh, I stand to be corrected. Because I could be wrong. And, you know, in, in the cog and the wheel and the grind that is the, uh, that is the uh, mainstream, lamestream media and the world and everyone else, you know, they could be like, you're wrong. And, you know, a total refutation. And with all of the information, including the propaganda that keeps coming out, it's enough to make one doubt oneself. Why do you think so many people could not, were sitting on the fence about Russia and Ukraine. Why do you think to this day we still have, you know, God-fearing, red-blooded, Trump-supporting Americans who are still on the fence about whether or not they agree with Russia or, or they agree with Ukraine? That's what I'm saying, right? You know, the, the, uh, the ambiguity and the proliferation of information is so great right now, it would cause someone to sit on the fence on a subject like that. Of course, if you're not that familiar or if you haven't dug into that information, you're going to sit on the fence about it. If you have no sense of commitment, come on, you know, but, you know, I... Well, I don't know. I tend to not be a fence sitter, you know, so I could easily have been tossed in, into the quagmire on any of these issues. But but sticking with the Russia-Ukraine NATO issue, you know, you guys know, because I've been saying it since I've been on the air, that I supported Zelensky. I thought, well, hey, Zelensky, you know, he worked with Trump, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he, he spoke against corruption. And then we get all this information dump about, you know, his dealings with the World Economic Forum and George Soros and, you know, uh, uh, Molosky, Molokowski, the, uh, the um, Ukrainian oligarch who's funded the Azov Battalion. It's like, well, apparently this guy was not the guy. So we're going to have to uh, renounce Zelensky. Okay. But then we get something like this. Okay, let, let me uh, let me see if I can't pull this up for you guys real quick. And I was like, damn. This guy makes some good points. This guy makes points like I would have made about Zelensky. Just just to throw just to throw you know a uh, just to throw a a, um, a cog. What do, you, what do you call that? Just to throw a tool in the cog, you know, just to just to trip you up a little bit, right? Come on, where? Come on here, guys. I'm trying to pull up a post for you guys, so that you guys can see the uh, the wisdom <laughs> of this individual that posts. Uh, I don't know where this guy posts at, to be honest with you, but uh, I like the way he thinks I, or she or it, whatever. I don't know. I can never tell with uh, with uh, genderless avatars, you know, what they are. But uh, where are you at? Hmm. By gosh, by golly, I should have saved it aside. 
Uh, where are you? Where is you? Hmm. Don't tell me he doesn't have one of these. Ah, oh, darn it. Come on, man. Maybe he's at Twitter. I don't know. Okay. That's going to take a little bit longer than I wanted it to. Okay, let's go over here. Ow. How's everyone doing tonight? I hope you guys are doing good. That account does not exist. Okay. Well, darn it. I guess we're not going to be able to share this with you guys. I guess they don't have this here. I was ready to, like, give you guys a mind bender. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see. Let me try this real quick. Nope. All right. Well, I guess it's not going to work. This guy had uh, made some really, really fascinating points about why and possibly how Zelensky could be a uh, an ally. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I kind of uh, thought that at the beginning... And uh, let's see here. Oh, maybe he's on Gab. That could be it. It could be Gab. I don't normally do the uh, social media platforms by way of sharing information, guys. Uh, That's just not my thing. I found the man. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can find his Zelensky post. Show me your Zelensky post. I want to see it. Oh, I don't know about this. Okay, Telegram, Telegram. Yeah, we're having a really slow start to the show today. Don't worry, guys. I got, I got, we have a show today. I'm not just here talking out of my tuchus. <laughs> I know that's probably how it seems. Okay, um, what, uh-huh. No, no, no. It's not here. Not here either. Well, Jesus Louises. The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the sea report. Your support is greatly appreciated from 99 cents per month to 499 per month to 999 per month. Every donation counts, and every bit helps. Show your support for The Sea Report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash The Sea Report. And thanks, y'all. And that was such a good point that this man had. Okay, well, you know, I'll have to post it somewhere, I guess, because... 
It's not here. I've been let down. Boo, 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 boo. Boo, boo, boo. I guess I should have prepped it before. And that's what happens when I do things off the fly. Okay. So anyways, guys, yeah, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. Okay. Let, let's just stop there because I pretty much, uh, you know, just uh, derailed my own train here. Okay. So we'll just, we'll just, we'll just cut it there. Okay. And, uh, I just don't understand. I don't understand. Okay. Uh, let's just jump into the chat rooms real quick, guys. We've, I've already diddle doddled, fiddle faddled around long enough. Hey, uh, Tam Growl, one, two, three, SKG. Good evening. Thank you for the can. Skeeter Burke, thank you for the cookie. Glad to see you guys in the chat today. Sea Chasers, Tam Growl, thank you for the cookie. Colorado is such a new agey place. Gorgeous mountains, says Skeeter Burke. You know Skeeter Burke. Uh, there's this story that came out of Colorado about a cult. And uh, apparently these cult members um, mummified their cult leader who died. It was a very interesting story. Uh, they could not arrest any of them. There was no foul play. Uh, I think coroner found that the cult leader had died of natural causes. They just didn't understand why they didn't bury her and why she was mummified in the living room with candles and Christmas lights and incense all around her. Very interesting story. Uh, I, you know, a, a new agey, sure. New agey, I, I would guess so. Yes, continue to pray for uh, Tina Peters. She needs it and she's back, guys. She is back. Rapture Ready says Sharpie Gate. That was a big part of the Arizona audit that proved to be true. Conspiracy fact. Conspiracy indeed. Once again, hey, Bill Tech, how's it going? Good to see you tonight. And, uh, okay. All right. I think we's is good. Let's keep on. Uh, well, we was it seeing Zelensky in patent leather that changed your mind. Oh, his Nazi t-shirt. Uh, uh-huh. well, I have nothing against a man in leather Skeeterberg, you know? Um, but, uh, no, it was the fact that he was dealing with the Nazis. No, uh, you know, it's, it's his connections. Okay. I really wish I could have found that post for you guys. It, it just, it bums me out. Um, they were presenting a whole line of theories for why, uh, Zelensky is actually working with Putin and the white hats to bring down the deep state all of these very logical reasons why that could be in like a series of four or five posts on Instagram, you know, like when they just, but it doesn't work on here. It makes me very upset. I was like, I got to share this with the guys. I was like, just to throw a wrench in their gears and be like, Hey, like, uh, you know, uh, whose side are you on? Mr. C go ahead and make up your mind. Stop, uh, stop flip flopping. Stop flip flopping like a dying fish in the Texas heat. Mr. C. Yeah. Oh, well, it's okay. But March Madness, I think, really is they're all as mad as hatters. Look at Biden. Look at Hunter. Look at Kamala. Look at look at look at these people who are going to be who are who are going to confirm this Kentangi Brown Jackson. We're going to talk about Kentangi Brown Jackson tonight. She's the other she's the other uh, dish to be served on the menu this evening. Not a whole lot, but still enough. Okay. 
We need to get going though, guys, because I have I have chores I still have to do, or else I'm gonna get kicked out. So I have to I have to like get going. I've already wasted enough time here. Uh, let's see here. Hey, D Patriot seventeen seventy six. Thanks for gifting the cookie. Much love. Hey, Aurelius Lock. What's up? Good to see y'all in the uh, chat rooms today. Bubbles, it's good to see you as always. Okay, guys, let's get to it because otherwise I'm going to be homeless or I'm just going to have a really bad headache later on. Uh, Okay, President Trump. We got a couple of statements for President Trump, ladies and gentlemen. Just to get us going, guys. Uh, As you know, President Trump here leads at the Sea Report. What the heck? Oh, my goodness. Would somebody tell that woman to put some clothes on, please? That's much better. Okay. All right. So first statement from President Trump is going to actually, it's a statement in regards to the Stormy McDaniels case. Okay. It's not McDaniels, but it is Stormy. It is Stormy. I'm like, is that your real name, Stormy? Like, why would your parents give you such a name? Did they love you? No, but uh, Stormy Daniels, as it seems, uh, has lost her lawsuit against President Donald Trump. All right. So uh, let's see what President Trump had to say. Uh, it, it'll be nice. This is a nice little bookend to this case, right? It's, it's nice. It's finally uh, taken care of and it's over with and uh, we, can, we can put it to rest and we can laugh about it later on in the future. It says, uh, Trump wins the Stormy Daniels case. The Ninth Circuit just issued a final ruling in the Stephanie Clifford. Oh, her name is Stephanie. Why would you call yourself Stormy? Daniels, a.k.a. Stormy Daniels, frivolous lawsuit case against me brought by her disgraced lawyer, Michael Avenatti, upholding the lower court ruling that she owes me nearly $300,000 in attorney fees, costs, and sanctions, not including appeal costs. As I have stated many times throughout the years, I never had an affair with Stormy Daniels, nor would I ever have wanted to. I mean, just look at her. Just look at her. Stormy got caught up in the storm, says Tam Garrell. The ruling was a total and complete victory and vindication for and of me. The lawsuit was a purely political stunt that never should have been started or allowed to happen. And I am pleased that my lawyers were able to bring it to a successful conclusion after the court fully rejected her appeal. Now all I have to do is wait for all of the money she owes me. P.S. The fake news probably will not report this story. Just like Hunter Biden's laptop. They're not going to report this story. They're going to cover it up just like uh, just like all of President Trump's endorsements. They've got nothing to say about that. No siree, Bob. They ain't got nothing to say about that. Proverbs 24.11 says, Oh, hold them back who are stumbling toward destruction. That verse can be taken several different ways, you know. Several different ways. Michael Avenatti just fell into destruction. He didn't even stumble, right? He just kind of rolled down the hill into destruction. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't know if she sued Avenatti, to be quite frank. And you guys know I don't like to be frank because I look enough like a hot dog. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I just didn't care to follow that case. I mean, this is, this is a, a, this is dumpster trash right here. You know what I mean? Like, uh, this is, this is in recognition and acknowledgement of President Trump's victory. Another win, 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 win. We'll never get tired of winning. Right, ladies and gentlemen? All right. Here is the next statement from President Trump. This one is a a quick follow-up to his uh, March 18th statement in regards to... uh, Actually, he combines the 18th and the 20th statement, I think, uh, between uh, Senate President Karen Fan and uh, Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich. Okay. Now, we just talked about Mark Brnovich and Arizona yesterday. So this is a great turn of events as far as uh, statements go. Uh, Arizona Senate President Karen Fan is asking the exact right question about the corrupt Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. What are they hiding now? Based on the already released information regarding the rigged and stolen 2020 presidential election, including mail-in ballots without signatures and forgeries, as well as the disgusting refusal to turn over documents, now is finally the time for the Arizona Attorney General to issue warrants and take his investigation to the next level. The supervisors just won't release the information. It must really be bad. The American people deserve answers and there is no time to waste. Well, boy, howdy, ladies and gentlemen. Finally, you know, you know, even even without that information that they're just waiting out the clock on those Maricopa County Board of Rascally Rascals, uh, the AG could have done something besides ask questions and sip martinis and cocktails with the uh, in-denial uh, former uh, county recorder, Stephen Richer, at uh, the Teneo group, uh, you know, uh, this group of uh, what probably elitist, uh, elitist progressives, you know, Silicon Valley type people. Who are from Austin? It's fitting. It's fitting. It's fitting. You know. You know. Uh, Austin is the Silicon Valley of Texas, right? And uh, instead of you know trying to to uh, you know campaign finance uh, over there, he he could actually be litigating. You know, he could be arresting, etc. I mean, there's enough information there. I guess you know you couldn't really make an arrest unless you knew exactly who it was that was behind the activities that took place. But you sure damn well could, you know, do a whole lot more, I would think. I would think he could do a whole lot more than that, than what he has done. So, again, President Trump is putting uh, Brnovich on the spot. And, you know, Mr. Mark Brnovich is running for U.S. Senate. I, I don't think it'll be too much longer before you see President Trump's statement saying something to the effect of, well... Mark Brnovich wants to run for United States Senate, but he couldn't even manage to uh, litigate properly and in a timely fashion on the Arizona Forensic Audit. With all the details that he had, if this man cannot litigate and, uh, and uh, uh, do things in a timely manner on this topic, do you think he can do anything for you as a United States Senator? I completely and thoroughly do not endorse this candidate, signed President Trump. Well, Mr. Mark Brnovich, 
That's what you're looking at. That is what you are looking at. All right, guys, here's what we've got next for you all. Da-da-da! We're going to sit back and relax for just a little while tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we're going to listen to the cool and soothing sounds of President Trump being interviewed by uh, Mr. Varney of Varney and Company. It's a quick interview I thought I would share with you guys tonight. We've had Varney and Company interviews here before on the Sea Report, so why not follow suit, ladies and gentlemen? And uh, we'll share that with you guys. And, uh, and then we'll, got, we'll go to... Uh, we only have two stories for you tonight, guys. A lot, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of information in those stories, but there's only two of them. So, you know, we're not, we're not digging too deep tonight. We're going to talk about uh, Tina Peters in Colorado and the release of the third and final report on the Mesa County 2020 general election. Uh, it's a type of an audit, you know, investigation, whatever. Good information. Like I said, you take that information and you mix it all around with everything else that we got out there and you got yourself a complete puzzle, ladies and gentlemen, just about. And then we'll talk a little bit about Contangia Brown Jackson uh, as she is going through uh, her uh, confirmation hearing right now. Doesn't look too good for her, in my opinion. I don't think... You know, I don't know. What do you what do you suppose? Uh, alleged alleged uh, uh, a drunk rape at a college frat party, alleged or in the books documented um, 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 relief on uh, pedophiles and, uh, you know, people who like child porn. OK, in the books. Right. You have you have a drunk sorority chick who claims she was raped, gang raped, right? I mean, how do you know that was Brett Kavanaugh who was inside of you, girl? Okay, you were kind of trained on. Or in the books, here's the ruling. This is the opinion. This is the judgment by a judge on, uh, you know, child porn cases. Kentangi Brown Jackson. Uh, there's, it's kind of totally different ballpark, right? I don't see how this woman, I don't see how the, but you know, the left is quite deluded. So I guess that could be why they believe that she's still going to get confirmed. I just don't see it, ladies and gentlemen. I just don't see it. Hey, John Henry, 37. Thank you for gifting the uh, cookie over there. I see you dropped a link. I'll check it out in a minute. Aurelius asks if Kansas is on the decertify list yet. I am not aware of Kansas, but I'm going to go looking now, Mr. Aurelius Locke. All right, Skeeterberg, you go into lurk mode. We're going to go into this, um, we're going to go into this, uh, this here interview that is uh, President Trump and uh, Varney and company. And uh, we'll be back in a few minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Please do enjoy. President Donald Trump is available. He's on the phone and he joins us now. Mr. President, thanks very much for being on the show this morning. Hello, Stuart. I understand that over the weekend at a rally in Florida, you said that it was your personality that stopped Putin invading during your presidency. You want to explain that? Well, that's very interesting. We start off with that one, because uh, if you remember when I was running in 2016, they all said Trump will get us into a war. Right. It's his personality. He's going to get us. And actually, now they say it was my personality that kept us out of a war. So I think it was, uh, you know, we had a great four years and uh, it shouldn't have happened what happened, and but it did with the election. And now we have people running it. This, okay. what's gone on with Ukraine should never have happened. Well, Stuart. President Biden goes to Poland on Friday of this week. 
frontline NATO state, what should he do? Well, it's very late. The cards are laid and the cards are out, and he's got a bad hand. He's given himself a very bad hand. He had a very strong hand before it all started, the strongest. And it should have never started. It would have never, ever started if I were president. I can tell you that with 100 percent certainty. This is horrible. This is a human tragedy, what's going on. Uh, he's now going with a very weak hand, and he is not somebody that really mixes it up. He sits there, and everyone tells him what to do and what they're doing, and he doesn't mix it up. He, he doesn't—he does—look, it's very sad to watch. I've watched it. I've seen it. And these other countries are taking over, and they're leading, and we're supposed to be the one that's leading. And they're uh, taking advantage of us like they have. Even our allies, they take advantage of us on— NATO, they take advantage of us on just about everything they can, and in particular on trade. I mean, on top of everything else, they take advantage of us on trade, and they're really telling him what they want to do, not what we want to do. So it's should, pretty sad to watch. Th there's this discussion about whether we should send jets, MiG jets, to help the Ukrainian right. Air Force. Would you send in that kind of help? Well, maybe even more. To be honest with you, and I'm, like, I'm the like one what, that would have stayed out. Like I'm the one that would have stayed out. Let, let me just explain that Putin is saying things like, "Don't you dare send anything in." In the meantime, he's killing thousands and thousands of people. So he's acting like we're an aggressor if we send in some old 44-year-old plane that probably gets shot out of the sky pretty quickly. And he's acting like we were terrible people if we do that. But he's killing tens of thousands of people, far more than they're reporting. You don't knock down those buildings and blow up those buildings and they say two people were injured slightly. And thousands of people are being killed. And when he says, don't you dare do that, and we all say, oh, he said don't do it, we don't want to start. The fact is that what he's doing is a human tragedy. There's not been anything like this in a sense maybe ever, but certainly since World War II when you look at it. But there's never been anything like this. So what do you do now? You, 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 you said you'd maybe do more than just send in the MiG jets, all right? What well, more? what I would do is I would do, uh, we would do, we have tremendous military capability. And what we can do without planes, to be honest with you, without 44-year-old jets, what we can do is enormous. And we should be doing it. And we should be helping them to survive. And they're doing an amazing job. But, you know, I was the one that sent in the javelins. I mean, everyone refuses to acknowledge that. And I took a lot of heat. And uh, I sent it in very openly and glowingly. And they said uh, Obama sent blankets and Trump sent javelins. Well, nobody knew how well those javelins would do and how well they're. But those javelins that knocked out all the tanks, those were sent by me. And we sent them in large numbers, too. I didn't even realize at the time when I said to him, I said, man, you know, that's a lot of stuff we're sending, but let's do it. Let them have well, a chance. I had, who would have thought that they would have been so powerful the way they protected that country? But they need other kinds of help. And one thing I do rapidly is that get the oil flowing, because if you reduce the price of oil significantly, that war is going to end. That war is going to end. Well, you know the expression, what you need for war is three things, money money and money and if you bring down the price of oil and you could knock the hell out of the price i had it down to a dollar 71 at one point to get in fact it was so low that i was afraid we we're going to lose our oil company uh well you got to get that oil down and if you get the oil down that war is going to end 
But let me press you again on what extra military help you would give to the Ukrainians. You say you want to do more than just the MiG jets or the javelins. Yeah. What, what more? Well, I think the drones are just as effective as anything nowadays. I mean, they make drones today. We make, we have drones that are just as effective as just about anything in the air, anything you can do in the air. And you can do drones, plus they give back tremendous amounts of information, and the information leads missiles right to whatever the hell target they are, and you don't have to shoot them from Ukraine, so therefore you're being neutral. It's so ridiculous. Look, Stuart, when he goes in and he kills thousands of people, are we going to just sit by and watch? This country will be, in 100 years from now, they'll be talking about what a travesty, what a horrible thing this is. We can't, we can't let that, just on a human basis, mm. we can't let that happen. And then he says we're a that they're a nuclear power, but we're a greater nuclear power. I hated to do it, but I rebuilt our nuclear capability like nobody has ever thought even possible. Two and a half trillion dollars in our military, and a big chunk of it went to nuclear and redoing it. We had 45-year-old and 50-year-old weapons that we didn't even know if they worked. Now we have brand new stuff that's immensely powerful and hope to God you never have to use it because right. it would be that would be the tragedy of all tragedies. But if we didn't have it, we couldn't talk. But I listened to him constantly using the N word. That's the N word. And he's constantly using it, the nuclear word. And we never talk. We say, oh, he's a nuclear power. But we're a greater nuclear power. We have the greatest submarines in the world, most powerful machines ever built most powerful right. and they built got built under me most powerful machines ever built and nobody knows where they are and you should say look you if you mention that word one more time we're going to send them over and we'll be coasting back and forth up and down your coast you can't let this tragedy continue you okay. can't let these these thousands of people die it's going to be hundreds of thousands and maybe millions of people by the time it ends. Well, let, let me turn to China. China has a deal with Russia. They'll help each other during this war. Yeah. Yeah. Um, President Biden held this two-hour phone call with Xi Jinping. We haven't got a transcript. We don't know what threats were on the table, but we presume... I think I do. Oh, I go think ahead. Tell us. We were threatened by China. You know, I heard that he said... You know, he read a line that they gave to him about the uh, repercussions. He read... They gave him a line. And he read it. She's very smart, okay? I dealt with all of them. I know them all. I know them better than I know you, Stuart. And I know you and I like you. And I congratulate you on the success of your show because people love Thank your you. show and they love you. But I know them better than I know you. And when they read a line, he doesn't exactly get phased. He doesn't read lines. He gives lines. And I believe strongly that he made a threat actually to Biden. And that wasn't reported. So we should get a tape of the call, just like we did with my perfect call to the president of Ukraine, which is the reason I like him so much, one reason. And now he's proven to be because he stood up for me with that call. He said Trump did nothing wrong. He didn't threaten me. He didn't threaten me. He could have gone the other way, could have gone woke like guys like Bill do Barr you, do. Do you respect Putin? Well, he's a different person. I'll tell you something. I got along with him. And, uh, look, I got along with him loving this country, and he, he loves his country, okay? But he's a different person than he was. He seems to be different. 
Is he sane? Is he a different person? Mentally? It just doesn't seem to be the same person I was dealing with. I, you know, we had a, a decent relationship. I, we, it was very hard because of the Russia hoax, you know. And, and I told him, I said, you know, it's very hard for me to do anything for Russia and for you to do anything because these horrible, horrible people that are, you know, perpetrating this hoax, the Russia, 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 collusion nonsense, millions of phone calls. I never made one to Russia. Think of it. Millions of calls. They went through the phone records. Millions of calls, not one call to Russia. Well, it was a total hoax. It's come out. And the Durham report, I look forward to seeing more and more of it. I wish it could go faster. Okay. But uh, I look forward to seeing more and more of it. But can I, I will say this. We did well with Russia. They didn't attack any any countries under us. I'm the only one where that didn't happen. And with Bush, they took Georgia. And they took Crimea with Biden and Obama. And now he said, the hell with it. Let's take the whole thing. But even uh, Sleepy Eyes Chuck Todd on NBC said the other day when he was interviewing, I think it was Blinken, he said, how come this never happened under Trump? China didn't do anything. Russia didn't do it. Nobody did anything. In fact, and we got along with North Korea. Hmm. You know, how come none of this stuff happened under Trump? And someday you and I will sit down and I'll tell you why. How about Iran? We are told that we're going to be signing an Iranian nuke deal any day now. I'm sure you oppose it. You took us out of the nuke deal. What do you think happens just a few months or a year down the road if we go back into that Iran nuke deal and they get a chance of a bomb? Well, it's the end of Israel if that happens. Israel is... Uh, I don't think Israel could actually let it happen. It is the worst deal. And also, you're going to see nukes all over the Middle East and everyone else is going to get them too. Uh, it will be the end because if they have them... Saudi Arabia is going to get them, and everyone else is going to get them, and how can you tell so, them not to do it? So why is Biden doing it? Because he's stupid, okay? Because he's stupid, and because they're stupid, and they shouldn't be in power anyway, but they're destroying our country, and they may ultimately be responsible for destroying the world. Um, do you... What are you going to do if there is a, a new deal with Iran, as looks so likely? Did, what will you do? Uh, what will you I, say? I did, yeah. I did many things for Israel. I was the best president ever for Israel, but I do for this country. Um, but Israel, the Mount Dawn High, very big deal. 52 years they tried to get. I got that. And, of course, well, Jerusalem, the capital, with the embassy and all. But the biggest thing I did for Israel was, and, and the smart people say this, by far the biggest, bigger than the capital, bigger than, you know, moving our embassy to Jerusalem and Jerusalem becoming the capital. Much bigger. I ended the Iran nuclear deal. They're now going to go into a much worse deal than the deal they had, which was horrible. One of the worst deals I've ever seen, other than their trade deals were, were so bad. We got long, the USMCA instead of NAFTA. How, so, how long do you so, think it would be before, if you, if you were president and you opened up the spigots and uh, did all the fracking, how long before we get back to energy independence and dominance? So, as you know, because you report all the time, uh, and you did at the time, you made a really big deal of it, which I appreciate, but uh, we became energy independent when I was president, first time ever. And that involved a lot. But what nobody really understood was we were going to be double the size of Saudi Arabia and Russia combined, much bigger than both combined. And OPEC was – you never even heard the term OPEC during my administration. Nobody talked about it. It was dead. 
And now OPEC is telling us they're dictating the terms, and we're going begging to OPEC for oil. It's so ridiculous. The one thing is they're going to have to get going immediately, and they can't do that because they got elected with the radical left crazies, and they're so into this uh, climate hoax. And nobody's more into the climate than I am, but this is a climate hoax, what they do. A hoax? It's a hoax Explain that. A hoax. Our country. It's a total hoax from beginning to end, do you think? Well, the Green New Deal is a hoax. And yeah, but what about climate change? This was created by somebody change? that I don't even think ever took a course in, in uh, the environment. Is the, climate not is the climate changing because of human activity? In my opinion, uh, you have a thing called weather, and you go up and you go down. If you look into the 1920s, they were talking about uh, global freezing. Okay, in other words, the globe was going to freeze. And then they go global warming. Then they couldn't use that because the temperatures were actually quite cool and uh, many different things. So that, now they just talk about climate change. The climate's always been changing. Now, what we want is we want clean air. We want clean water. The biggest misconception, though, is if the United States, let's say the United States was perfect and they spent, they spent 10 times more or 100 times more for their energy than China, India, Russia, all these other countries, right, that are very dirty. Uh, don't forget, when those dirty countries, when those fumes go up into the air, it blows right over the center of the United States, just like they dump their garbage in the ocean. And you know where it lands? On our West Coast, okay? And we're taking out hundreds of thousands of tons of garbage that comes from China, Japan, many, many countries where they dump their garbage because the tides flow right into Los Angeles, okay? And so here we are fighting to have a clean country. But if the fumes are dirty in China and dirty in India and dirty in uh, Russia and other places, with the winds in three days, they're right over the center of the United States. Mm. And this is why it, it's, and it makes us totally non-competitive. So unless everyone's going to do it together, the problem is the green technology isn't powerful enough to power our great plan. So if we want to stop being a great manufacturing capital, let's go green. Let's go to the windmills. The windmills are all made in China and Germany. And, you know, if you're a believer in the whole carbon deal, uh, there's more carbon thrown out of making those things than they can save in 10 years just from making them. Mm. Uh, the carbon rises up as the, these are massive structures. And then when they rust out and they're gone in 10 years, for certain reasons, it's very hard to bury them because of what they're made of, especially the blade. Okay. So, you know, but the wind is very intermittent. It doesn't work well, and it's the single most expensive form of energy. And we have clean, natural gas. We have more energy than any other country, and we have clean coal. They have technology now, coal technology, which is incredible. It's called clean coal. We have so many things that we're sitting on top of. I call it liquid gold mm. and our liquid gold makes us more than competitive because china doesn't have that they have to go and buy everything we have it under our feet and we don't want to use it because these people it's not that we don't want to i think a majority a vast majority of our nation does but some crazies don't and they make it very very difficult and they make us non-competitive as a nation mr president i don't know how much contact you have with um, elon musk I don't know whether you're in conversation with him or not. Yeah. But Biden... Well, he's a friend of mine. I like him a lot, and I helped him a lot. Yeah, I Biden snubs him.
Biden snobs Elon Musk. Maybe it's because yeah. his uh, car factories are non-union. I don't know. But Biden snobs him. And I wonder why he does that. I don't think he snubs him. I think he just doesn't have enough hours in the day to call him, which he should. He's a smart guy, Elon. Very smart guy. Okay. I think he just, you know, he probably only takes a few calls a day because that's the energy level we're dealing with. <laughs> so I don't think he snubs him. I think he just doesn't have enough time. Last one. Do you think COVID's over? Well, look, we did such a great job. Never got the credit. Well, we didn't right. know. Nobody knew what the hell it was. But uh, it looks like it's going to be around for a while. It's different forms. But no mandate, so we have to get back to it. What we did was incredible. And, and I'll tell you what, the therapeutics that we came up with, Regeneron and other therapeutics, have been so great. It's going to be uh, lingering for a while, but just get on about your business, get on about your life. Okay. Uh, actually, this is the last one. At CPAC, your speech was banned from YouTube. Second year in a row that that's happened. What can you, what well, can they you don't do like about the that? Truth. Well, what can you do? You know, about I it? talked about a rigged election, which it was 100% rigged. I mean, look at what happened in Wisconsin. Look at what's happening in Georgia. All the things they're finding, truth to vote. Look well, at all the hundreds of thousands of votes. So they don't like it, and uh, they ban it. And, of course, Fox is afraid to put it on. But well, wait a <laughs> maybe second. I got wait through it. Wait a second. If we go into 2022, the elections, and 2024, and you're still looking back to the election of 2020, and saying that you really won. I don't think that's very good for you or the Republican Party. You want to comment yeah. on that? Well, I, yeah, I, I actually think it is good for me. And I think if we don't uh, put out all of the crooked things, and we know what they are, that you won't win in 22 and you won't win in 24, if we don't get to it. So I think it's the opposite, actually. And I talk nothing about, you, nobody talks more wait, about the future you, you than think I do. That but 2022, you, you, th you, you think that 2022 and 2024 are all about the 2020 election. Really? No, no, no. I think for us to win the election, we have to know how they cheated, because otherwise they'll cheat again. And we do know how they cheated. And Republicans and Democrats should, but they won't. Republicans have to do something about it, or they're going to be very disappointed. And nobody talks more about the future than I do. But you have to learn from history also, and you can't let it happen again soon. Right. It's so important. I'm afraid we're out of time, Mr. President, but I do appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, I'd love to have a sit-down chat with you at some point on camera. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Thank, thank Thanks you for very joining much, us, sir. Stuart. Always appreciate it. Thank you. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com, you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com, that's www.thecreport.com, and be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pilt.net. All right, there you go. That's a pretty good interview, hey? Good job, Mr. Stuart Varney of Varney and Company. Uh, good questions, right? Craziness in Russia. Biden, loco, loco, loco. Uh, you know, he's... Uh, let's just face it, guys. We're watching a show, all right? 
movies in progress. You can't get your tickets back even if you want to. Who would want to, right? This is just uh, one of the greatest feature films of all time, ladies and gentlemen. Be thankful, be thankful, be joyful, be joyful, be grateful that you get to watch it. You know, back, you know, whenever, you know, the future comes and they're like, you know, I, I saw the movie where President Trump uh, took back America from the deep state. I'm going to be like, well, I was at the premiere. (laughs) Yes, very good stuff. Very good stuff. Uh, Great, great to hear uh, President Trump say something that's so obvious. The the climate has always changed. (laughs) It's saying it just in in the way that uh, people should get the point there. I think that's going to be my biggest takeaway. No, just kidding. Well, you know, it was good. I I enjoyed that. A a nice little, a nice little brief right there, guys. But um, uh, yeah, you know, we're going to run out of time here. So let us press on, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, thank you guys for letting me know about this Kansas state election uh, auditing and integrity thing. Guys, you know, this is what I miss. I am more than happy when you guys pick up for me and I need to put Kansas in the ledger, right? Kansas needs to be on the letterboard, leaderboard, right? It, or, or do they, right? Not everyone's on the leaderboard. We might have eight states listed, but there are certainly more than that involved in uh, these election integrity um, measures, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, we'll see. Well, I'm going to scope out that Kansas hearing and I'll do a little bit more research and see exactly how far along in the process that they are. That is absolutely, absolutely uh, exciting to hear. Okay. Very exciting to hear. Uh, let's see here. Mountain Dog Boy and uh, Deplore Laura, welcome into the show. Good to see you guys. Uh, I've never seen you before, Mountain Dog Boy, but uh, Rough Rough Wolf Wolf Bow Wow. And Deplore Laura, it's always great to see you, my friend. Always great to see you. Now, uh, okay, we got Tina Peters on the board here, guys. And uh, let's, let's talk about Colorado, all right? Now, in case you guys didn't notice it, who was, I think it was Skeeter Burke last night, right? Was like, Skeeter Burke was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Did you hear it? Did you hear it? There's going to be a hearing with Mike Lindell tomorrow in Colorado. Be there, be there. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone to tune in at 9 a.m. Mountain time. Uh, Mike Lindell, my pillow guy, big announcement, right? That's how you went, right? Skeeter Burke, you were like that last night in the chat room, right? (laughs) Just kidding. That was my impression of Skeeter Burke doing her impression of Mike Lindell, right? Okay. So, um, Mike Lindell was at a press conference this morning, you know, just as I prophesied, I would not be up in time to cover that. But nevertheless, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk about the story. Now, what was Mike Lindell and Skeeter Burke so excited about? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we had the third and what I believe is the final volume in the Mesa County 2020 elections investigation report. You know, I would say an audit, but it's not really an audit. You know, they 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 uh, they audited the uh, findings of the machines. You know, uh, they, I mean, it's really not an audit. They didn't get into the ballots, nothing like that. But uh, most definitely, definitely did investigate uh, some of the things that were left behind. The the data 
that Tina Peters, the embattled uh, county clerk who is now running for secretary of state against the demon child, uh, Jenna Griswold. And, well, you know, they went through the data and they, they have offered three reports now that uh, uh, verify beyond a shadow of a doubt that something untoward was going on here. And that untowardness was right down the path of illegality, of breaking the law, and uh, for all intents and purposes, the Constitution as well. Who done it? Who's behind it? Well, it seems that the Soros-backed progressive Democrat, Jenna Griswold, the demon child herself, the czar of elections in Colorado, is behind it. Okay, I mean, she would have to be. And and this is the funny thing here is that it seems like everyone in Colorado from the newspapers and the local media all the way up through the state house legislature just do as Jenna Griswold bids. Like, is she the unknown, unseen queen bee of Colorado? Because that's what it kind of seems like. The police department do, does what she wants. The state legislature does what she wants. Uh, the news media organizations do what she wants. Everyone does what she wants except for that Tina Peters. And so Jenna Griswold, the Secretary of Snakes, has gone out of her way to make an example out of this gold star mother, okay, this American hero, and she's already a hero, guys, for everything that she has done. She done did save that election data for 2020 when uh, Jenna Griswold had Dominion Voting Systems go in and scrub it, okay? Now, we could say, ooh, it was Dominion, but let's be honest here. They had to do it at her request. They couldn't just go in and do it because they wanted to. She had it done, ladies and gentlemen. So just that rascally Tina Peters, she has just been a thorn in the side of Jenna Griswold. Jenna Griswold is that uh, helicopter mom that, uh, I mean, uh, Tina Peters is that helicopter mom that Jenna Griswold just cannot get out from under. But good, because Jenna Griswold needs to be set straight ladies and gentlemen. So uh, to that end, this is what was so exciting about uh, Mike Lindell this morning is that uh, we had a press conference wherein they uh, released the third report. This one far more damning than the other two. Let's take a look at the article. It says here, um, uh, part three. Okay, we'll read the whole thing. It's over. It's over. Now, picture that with the the volume on mute, right? That's Mike Lindell. That's fun stuff. Uh, Mike Lindell on Steve Bannon's War Room claims part three of independent Mesa County, Colorado forensic exam report finally gives them evidence they've been waiting for. Now, you couple that along with uh, Professor um, J. Alexander Halterman's report. Oh! doggy you got quite the uh you got quite the um scenario there information packet uh that will dethrone dominion voting systems and uh most likely remove machines from our electoral process let's see what the article has to say 
It says, uh, well, you know, this morning Mike Lindell appeared on Steve Bannon's War Room where he revealed that part three of the independent forensic report on Mesa County, Colorado's Dominion vote tabulator upon the direction of the now dismissed county clerk Tina Peters is now available. The report was prepared by Doug Gould, chief technical officer of Cyber Team United States or U.S. Uh, Gould is an expert in cybersecurity with more than 40 years of experience in the field. He retired from AT&T after 31 years, where he served as chief cyber security strategist. Mr. Lindell told War Room host Steve Bannon that his team of lawyers will be using this new evidence to get preliminary injunctions in individual states to shut down their machines. Mike told Steve they would be starting with seven states, although he did not name those states. A summary of the key findings in the report by Doug Gould claim the forensic examination found that numerous log files had been deleted or overwritten. These log files are required to reconstruct the function of and events taking place on the voting system and based upon information provided by legal counsel must by law be preserved. Now, months and months and months and months ago, we talked about this before Tina Peters was getting embattled, before we found out that um, uh, Dominion had erased the data. You know, we talked about this because it was when Jenna Griswold had the intent to do this trusted build. And basically what Jenna Griswold's um, reasoning on the matter was, what her, her team of lawyers recommended to her was that um, you can erase some type of data but not all of it. So what that boiled down to was uh, in, in the kooky little mind of Jenna Griswold that she needed to retain the numbers, okay? The outcome, right? Of the election. That was the data that was needed to be saved. Uh, in other words, how many voted for, who won, etc. Now, they reasoned that you didn't need to save the log files, which... As this will explain in a minute, but to break it down, you know, that is, that is the, uh, that's the, that's the long math, right? That, that's the part that you work out to get to the answer to the equation, okay? So, uh, any, any keystrokes that you take, uh, with timestamps, etc., that is the, that, those are the log files. That's the information that you get. Uh, you hit the, you hit the enter button, you hit the delete button, you hit the erase button, you hit the add button, and you come out with uh, 24 votes for this candidate, right? They reasoned and, and they said lawfully through the, through, through legal reasons that they could, they don't need that data. They don't need the long form math. They just need the answers. Okay. That's what they reasoned. Now, even when I read that article and I shared that information back then, I knew that was just bubkis. It was beyond a stretch and uh, it was something that she could rely on as a temporary uh, cover and hopefully all of her buddies in the media would do their job and cover it up, you know, or, you know, maybe, maybe her buddies in, in law enforcement would just do something with Tina Peters, right? Uh, just to get her out of her hair. And maybe they could wait out the 22 to 24 months and then they wouldn't have to worry about it, right? But Jenna Griswold jumped the gun. It is, same thing happened in Michigan, guys. Same thing happened in Michigan. Jenna, uh, uh, Jocelyn Benson up in Michigan, their secretary of state, she had their data erased. 
uh, Matt DiPerno, who was the lawyer for Antrim County and is running for Secretary of State now in Michigan, sent letters of um, uh, a cease and desist forms to all of the county clerks in Michigan. And a lot of them did not respond and or respect that information that said, hey, you're breaking the law if you do this. And most of them were like, well, Jocelyn Benson said we could do it. So these secretaries of state, these women, have this weird, like, complex where they, uh, you just have to do what they say, right? They're the queen bee, they're the, they're the, uh, that's where the buck stops, they're the czar of elections, etc. And they will punish you if you do not do as they say. And um, Jenna Griswold has done all of that and then some. She has uh, definitely made as much an example out of Tina Peters. She's given her political persecution since Tina Peters stepped out of line and didn't do what Jenna Griswold said to do. Article continues. These statutory requirements establish that voting systems are required to generate and preserve as critical to the ability to determine and reproduce the conditions and details of election conduct using these systems. Log files of all systems functions, including normal activity, connectivity, file and data access, operator and automated processes and errors. Log files are critical to the ability to detect improper operation, including the ability to detect malicious intrusions, as well as other improper activities and conditions and configuration changes that could enable alteration of the actual vote count. Assuming this information to be correct, this forensic examination found that a substantially large number of these requirements have not been met. This examination also found that destruction of critical log files has occurred. This destruction is not incidental or minor, but is extensive. The purpose of this initial report is to document these findings and present preliminary evidence demonstrating unacceptable conduct and system defects revealed by the examined images as necessary for the chief election official to discharge her statutory obligations. The facts and resultant findings support conclusions that 1. Election-related data explicitly required to be preserved, as stated in the 2002 VS criteria referenced in this section, have been destroyed in violation of federal and state law, and two, due to non-compliance with the 2002 VS requirements, these voting systems and accompanying vendor provided Colorado Secretary of State approved procedures cannot meet the certification requirements of the state of Colorado and should not have been certified for use in the state. Comprehensive investigation is required to determine whether these critical failures are the result of malicious intent or negligence, and to what extent the systems may have been compromised or subjected to unauthorized access or operation prior to, during, and after election use. That comprehensive investigation is beyond the scope of this report. Multiple news agencies and individuals that spoke about the possibility of voter fraud via third-party voting machines in the November 2020 election were silenced by multi-billion dollar lawsuits against them. Since the lawsuits by Smartmatic and Dominion were filed, news outlets have refused to cover any new developments uncovered by Mike Lindell and IT experts on the topic over the fear of losing their networks, publications, and ultimately their livelihoods. 
Okay, and I think we can pretty much end there. It just talks about uh, litigation. Oh, uh, here's here's a uh, let's do this. Let's uh, let's check this out. Now, this is the guy who did the report, Mr. Gould. Okay, so so here's how we know because you know what's going to happen is the media is going to say this Mr. Gould, he Gould schmooled. You know, uh, he's nothing. He's nobody. He's no one. He's uh, uncredible. Uh, you know, they you know they're going to do everything to malign him, right? So here's here's some examples of his work. Uh, major forensic cases, 1986, disclosure of national security information discovered a leak of highly classified information and was able to identify the perpetrator within a group of 15 people. The FBI and U.S. Naval Investigative Services brought this to resolution in the early 1990s. He served as U.S. Secret Service Investigation, Mothers of Doom hacker case at USSS Evidence Lab. In response to a request for assistance from USSSA, Jack Lewis performed evidence recovery and identified... 800 pages of evidence invalidating immunity of a suspect's testimony in a proffer session. In the late 1990s, Interpath, a North Carolina internet service provider, this uh, internet service provider was a tier one provider infected with the stock Stockle Drot malware. He investigated the live running server and identified that all evidence on disk had been deleted. The only remaining evidence was a running program in memory, which was recovered. This case changed the best practice in forensics. No longer is the first step necessarily removing the power. Had that been done, no evidence would remain in this case. Late 1990s, a senior security security administrator for the U.S. EPA investigated a complaint from the White House of Computer Intrusions discovered and discovered an international attack involving four countries, wrote monitoring and tracking software to capture the perpetrator online, brought together the FBI, Royal Canadian Mounted Police, Scotland Yard and Deutsche Bundespost in a live investigation tracking the intruder resulting in an arrest in Germany. In South Carolina, a public works supervisor accused of violation of county policy was fired and brought countersuit. Forensic investigation recovered four three-inch thick binders of evidence showing sexual misconduct. Countersuit was dismissed. He discovered Al-Qaeda attack plans targeting United States soil. Working with the FBI, the perpetrator, who was a foreign citizen in the United States, arrest was made within 48 hours and the attack was thwarted. So you see this guy has some experience, right? Where, why didn't he, why didn't he investigate for them the Russia collusion thing then, right? Probably because he would have been too effective. Taught forensics and advanced forensics techniques to state law enforcement, military, and major corporate customers at the World Institute of Security Enhancement. Taught technical surveillance countermeasures course for government and industry at the World Institute of Security Enhancement. And wrote the entire course and taught the entire CISSP curriculum at ABLE Information Systems. So this guy has, you know, there's he has some pretty good stuff on his resume. I'd say he's pretty credible, wouldn't you? I'd say you could say beyond a shadow of a doubt that this guy probably knows what he's doing in case the media decides to say he's a hack and he knows nothing. Okay, here is uh, part three, the third uh, report. Report number three, election database and data process analysis for Mesa County, Colorado voting systems. Uh, let's take a gander. We're not going to go through all of this. It's 87 pages long, obviously. Uh, but, uh, you know, usually the executive summary and the introduction and stuff has some pretty good uh, summaries of what is in this report. Uh, 
So let's take a look. It says, uh, the findings provide evidence of potentially unauthorized and illegal manipulation of tabulated vote data during the 2020 general election and 2021 Grand Junction Municipal Election. Because of this evidence, which led to the vote totals of for those elections being impossible to verify, the results and integrity of Mesa County's 2020 general election and the 2021 Grand Junction Municipal election are in question. Here are some of the findings and implications. Uh, there was an unauthorized creation of new election databases during early voting in the 2020 general election on October 21st, 2020, followed by the digital reloading of 20,346 ballot records into the new election databases, making the original voter intent record recorded from the ballots unknown. In addition, there were 5,567 ballots in 58 batches did not have their digital records copied to the new database, although the votes from the ballots in those batches were recorded in the main election database. Number two, the same unauthorized creation of new election databases occurred during the 2021 Grand Junction Municipal Election on March 30th, 2021, followed by the digital reloading of 2,974 ballot records, making the original voter intent recorded on those ballots unknown. In addition, 4,458 ballots in 46 batches did not have their digital records copied to the new database, although the votes from the ballots in those batches were recorded in the main election database. Number three, the absence of secure hash algorithms.sha files for each digital ballot image makes the authenticity of each digital ballot image and the ballot level record for those ballots impossible to verify. Number four, the true total vote count in Mesa County, Colorado cannot be accurately calculated for the 2020 general election or the 2021 Grand Junction Municipal election from records in the databases of the county's voting system. Five, there is no function or feature on the election management system server that could be executed inadvertently or deliberately by a local election official that would cause this combination of events to occur, especially within the time frame that these events occurred, given the complex sequence of data manipulations and deletions necessary to produce the digital evidence described in this report. This combination of events could not have been the result of either deliberate or inadvertent actions by those officials. In other words, it did not happen manually at the uh, election centers. It was most likely remote. Domin or it was an algorithm. Dominion's installation of the trusted build update on the EMS uh, election, election management server in May of 2021, as ordered by the Colorado Secretary of State, destroyed all data on the election management system hard drive, including the batch and ballot records that evidenced the creation of new databases and reprocessing of ballot records described in findings one and two above. This destruction of all data by the trusted build is described in the Mesa County, Colorado Voting Systems Forensic Examination and Analysis Report. The fact that such ballot record manipulation has been shown demonstrates a critical security failure with the, the Dominion Voting System election management systems. 
uh, wherever it is used. The manipulation would not be identifiable to an election official using the voting systems, nor to an observer or judge overseeing the election conduct, much less to citizens with no access to the voting systems, without both cyber and database management systems expertise and unfettered access to database records and computer log files, many of which were destroyed by the actions of the Secretary of State. From the Election Management Service Systems Server, the manipulation would be undetectable. Very, very interesting and telling, guys. And so this report breaks all that down. I mean, just as an example of how it breaks it down on everything, look at this part. It says, uh, just as an example, analysis, evidence of ballot data manipulation in the November 2020 general election. Our analysis shows manipulation, which was neither initiated nor authorized by Mesa County election clerks of the batches and ballots processed during the first three days of ballot processing in the November 2020 general election. So then it gives you, uh, it gives you a breakdown of what happened as they, uh, as they, um, as they discovered in their um, investigation and they rebuilt what happened October 19th, 2020 through October 21, 2020, 2 PM uh, on the first day on the, uh, on these first three days of ballot counting in Mesa County up until 2 14 PM on October 21st, 267 batches consisting of 25,913 ballots were physically processed. And so it, they can tell you exactly what was done based on those log files that tell you what is being done to the computer, what buttons are being pushed, what's being inserted into the machine, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so it goes on like that, you know, gives you a breakdown all the way to October 21st. And so it goes day by day, you know, with timestamps as necessary, with the uh, number of ballots processed and the functions that were performed on those ballots. That's how detailed, that's how long form math they were able to do with that information. The stuff that Jenna Griswold thought it would be okay to legally erase and throw away and not uh, keep on record. Then they have they have this section here, which is also good. Um, where's it at here? What is the title of it? No. Uh, the possible ways that this could have happened. Okay. So they give you a few theories on how this could have happened, right? It could have been direct action by Mesa County personnel. It could have been done remotely. Okay. Or it could have been a, an algorithm so as you guys know, uh, based on the affidavit we reviewed yesterday by, yesterday by Tori says, if they have bad malware in there and it's connectable to the internet, definitely an algorithm could have been that, could have done that, of course. And then if you uh, paid attention to any of the other um, stories that we shared, we know that they can be accessed remotely. So it could be any of those. That's what they found in their investigation thus far, though, you know. So this is, again... Right in line there with uh, Professor Alderman's report on the um, Dominion voting system machines, okay? It's just more damning information for Dominion to deal with, which is good, right? Like, they need to uh, feel the fear. And, uh, well, I mean, so we'll see where that goes. Colorado has not elected to have a hearing or they have not elected to, uh, you know... Uh, for example, the attorney general of Colorado still has the very first report that Tina Peters ever turned in. 
never, never, never acted on it, didn't investigate it, didn't, nothing. He's just holding on to it like a souvenir, right? Of the times that I helped Secretary of Snakes Jenna Griswold get out of the fire. We don't know why the AG of Colorado, other than the fact that, you know, he's probably a crooked, progressive, liberal, Democrat, lefty, socializing, socialist, communist sympathizer, or maybe Soros is involved in there somewhere. I don't know. Uh, but the reports are there. Uh, we got to get this information out. That's why Mike Lindell was Whoa! in a tizzy today or yesterday. This is good stuff, guys. And, you know, also it's going to help vindicate him. You know, he, he was sued after all. Uh, but, um, uh, big stuff. That's big information, like big information, you know, that we can put together with the rest of our, uh, tapestry of election fraud and, uh, you know, um, election, uh, misgivings, voter election fraud back there now and then. And don't you know? Yeah, Tam Grell says fractional voting. Yeah, indeed, indeed, fractional voting. Uh, that, like I said, uh, there there are more than twenty ways that they um, uh, that they committed this fraud. There are more than twenty different types of fraud that they utilized and executed in twenty twenty. Right? It just so happens that some states had more than others. I think Arizona and Georgia were probably the redheaded stepchild of the bunch and they really went in and utilized as much different types of fraud in those two respective states. The fractionalized uh, voting, you know, that that is a very complex algorithm um, uh, story that I don't care to share. Uh, but, you know, basically uh, the p- percentage points falling off of, you know, ballot votes uh, to go to the candidate that is of their choice. Uh, unless, you know, you have everyone, their mother, their grandmother, their dead grandmother and the Amish showing up to vote for you, then they have to give them the entire voting percentage point. But uh Uh, How that works into the physical ballots, well, I mean, you wouldn't know unless you did a full, thorough investigative forensic audit like Arizona, where you're not just looking at a percentage of the ballot images, but you're also looking at all of the ballots printed and all of the ballots uh, that are imaged, and you're doing that type of an assessment, okay? Now, in Colorado, not only do we have Tina Peters standing up against the Secretary of Snakes, Jen Griswold, and turning in this election report uh, for her county, we have a grassroots group, the United States Election Integrity Plan, okay? Now, these guys are in Colorado, in case you didn't know it, and they have been doing a canvas of the 2020 general election vote. They actually have completed that canvas. And uh, here's a story on their findings. Now, this is from their website. That again, that's the U.S. Election Integrity Plan. And uh, this is their press release for that canvas. One in every 10 Colorado voters impacted massive irregularities in the 2020 election confirmed by citizen-led canvas, uh, canvassing effort. Now it says here, generated after months of volunteer voter canvassing to verify state public election records, the USEIP Colorado canvassing report exposes massive irregularities, anomalies, and numerous law violations. 
It says a report published today by the U.S. Election Integrity Plan found that hundreds of thousands of Colorado voters were impacted by election irregularities and anomalies in the 2020 elections. The report analyzed canvassing records from multiple Colorado counties. Volunteers went door to door verifying public voting records. The election data that was verified is public, maintained by Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold. Professional statisticians, mathematicians, retired military officers, software engineers, and corporate training specialists came together on a completely volunteer basis to design the canvassing program from start to finish. The peer-reviewed statistical sampling method used for the canvassing was designed so that results can hold up in court. This strict and rigorous approach produced statistical significance in the canvassed counties. More importantly, it allowed for um, it allowed for statistically sound assertions on voting irregularities to be made for the states as whole. Those assertions are stunning. Extrapolating the canvassed county findings to the entire state, the number of impacted voters in Colorado is between 210,091 voters and 462,201 voters. The U.S. EIP report exposes shocking types of widespread problems with the Colorado election system. A sample of the top irregularities in the report include fake voters. The voter did not cast a ballot, but county clerk and recorder and secretary of state managed records show a ballot was cast in the voter's name. Lost votes. The voter did cast a ballot, but records show no ballot was cast. Illegal votes. The voter did not live at the address indicated at the time of the 2020 election. Voter data manipulation. The voter's party affiliation changed without their authorization. And voter database manipulation. The voter did not reside at the documented address in the voter database at the time of canvassing, but months after canvassing, the voter was registered at the same address in the voter registration database. Explaining or rationalizing these anomalies and irregularities will be extremely difficult for elected officials. It's anticipated that county clerks, commissioners, and Secretary of State Jenna Griswold will dismiss the Colorado canvassing report with flimsy excuses like the anomalies are not widespread or no election is completely without some irregularities or clerical errors can happen due to data and record transferring between databases. Unfortunately, the data is overwhelming in U.S. EIP's Colorado canvassing report. The findings obliterate tired excuses historically used for dismissing objective evidence and dodging responsibility. (laughs) It is anticipated election officials will shift blame to the public, claiming voters don't understand how elections work, to dismiss legitimate public concerns. In fact, Secretary Griswold is joined by executive director of the Colorado County Clerks Association, Matt Crane. Numerous Colorado clerks, including Carly Copps and Chuck Broerman, in parroting the tired and inaccurate trope, Colorado elections are the gold standard. Clerk Broerman went so far as proudly claiming his voter rolls in El Paso are pristine after the 2021 local elections. In that same election, in cooperation with Secretary Griswold, El Paso's election results were manually changed after a discrepancy was discovered between the state and county reported results. 
The Colorado canvassing report exposes El Paso County as having an anomaly, irregularity ranging from 7.5% to 13.5%. This translates to a range of 54,359 votes to 69,829 El Paso County voters. The voter, 2020 voter data told a story. We found patterns in the data which signaled the results in Colorado's 2020 election had serious unexplained problems. The only way to unequivocally verify what we saw was to manually verify the publicly available information from voters themselves. What this report proves is shocking. Every voter and election official needs to immediately take action to investigate in order to understand how to fix our obvious broken election system states Jeff Young, the chief author of the report. Given the slim margins deciding local races and measures, numerous elected officials and counties in the state have been impacted. There are many legal cases that serve as precedent for remedying uh, legal elections. In fact, it's surprisingly common to have election officials removed from office even after they've taken office and after more than a year has passed since the certification of the race. This should give Colorado voters confidence that they do not have to live with election results that have not been verified to their satisfaction to be error-free and legitimately run. Elections officials have balked in the face of concerns presented by voters since Election Day 2020, claiming elections passed the required risk-limiting audit. The risk-limiting audit is only capable of verifying the electronic voting system's ability to count the paper ballots. By design, the risk-limiting audit is incapable of detecting fake votes, lost votes, illegal votes, or voter database manipulation exposed in the Colorado canvassing report, along with other ballot and data anomalies. So pretty interesting there, guys, huh? Isn't it pretty awesome to see that uh, Colorado has also performed a canvas, ladies and gentlemen, of their state election? They also have a presentation we're not going to watch uh, with this, um, uh, who's it, uh, Colonel Sean Smith, retired of the United States Air Force, was one of the leaders in this effort. This here is the actual report, Colorado canvassing report. We're not going to read this, but just for you guys to peruse. In, in fact, actually, this report, Tina, Peter, Tina Peters' report, and some other stuff we'll have posted at thecreport.com if you guys want to check it out. Uh, if you guys want to download it or get your hands on this report, you know, because they'll probably try and erase it or something like that. Always good to have a copy handy, ladies and gentlemen. So Colorado, they're not on the leaderboard yet, though, guys. They're not yet in the race to decertify because, after all, their uh, state legislature has not even fathomed looking at any of this information, which makes you wonder to be quite frank, ladies and gentlemen, it makes you wonder, um, you know, if, if they ever will, right? Who do we got? We got uh, Wisconsin, Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, South Carolina, Texas, and Michigan. Those are the ones to watch for now. But who knows? Maybe Kansas will make it there, ladies and gentlemen, because after all, as we have just been informed here tonight at the Sea Report, there's been an election hearing happening in Kansas. Now, this was just an article to give you guys an example of what the local media looks like in Colorado. Check this out. We're not going to read it. Armed Colorado Trumpists going door to door intimidating voters. Now, this is the local Colorado media just 
throwing mud and uh, defaming the U.S. EIP's efforts to do this. So they're saying that, you know, you're going to have someone with a loaded gun intimidate you. And that's just the canvassers coming out. I mean, it's bad. This is a really bad article. We're not going to read it. Here's another one. Mike Lindell group protects election by sending armed volunteers out to harass minority voters in their homes. So the angle that this article takes and Mike Lindell had nothing to do with this. Okay, this was the US EIPs, their own grassroots thing, right? Well, this article says they, they demonize Mike Lindell by tying him to this group unfoundedly. But then they say that this group went out to harass minority voters specifically. They're doing a canvas, guys. I mean, we know what that means. Apparently, uh, who's this? Abovethelaw.com. Apparently, they don't get that. They're just trying to demonize it, okay? And then they made it racist also, saying that they're trying to keep minorities from voting in the upcoming elections in Colorado by doing this canvas. Ridiculous. Okay, guys, in the precious few minutes that we have left... Because I could feel the rage at my back. Um, we're going to talk about Kentanji Jackson. We won't spend too much time on her. I mean, everyone's covering it. I just thought, you know, it would be a cherry on top for tonight. Uh, one, two, three, SKG. Thank you so much for gifting the shades. Appreciate it. WC Cranop also throwing... Oh, we got some shady people in the audience tonight. Throwing them shades this way. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, WC Cranop says, uh, Mr. C, loading done. This is ready to sail. This this boat, this ship is ready to sail once passengers check in Utah bound. Well, I hope you guys have a wonderful time in Utah. I apologize I could not make it. I thank you for the invitation. You know, I just, I just uh, can't do it, can't do it. Don't have the times, the means, the resources. But I'm sure you guys will have a wonderful time over there. Hey, Duppy, what's up? Colorado's entire government has been corrupt by the Boulderbergs. That's ah, a good one, Duppy. I like it. Griswold looks good in orange. Uh, they would all look good in orange, I think. Hey, the Speaking Easy, what's going on, buddy? See you there in the audience tonight. Okay, guys, Kentanji Brown. We don't have to spend a lot of time on her. You know, really, we don't. Um, uh, okay, so we did a little dig here on Kentanji Brown, and we did not come up with anything near as good as uh, as uh, Josh Hawley did, Senator Hawley did, uh, and uh, could not press her as bad as Senator Cruz did during the confirmations that have taken place during the last two days, okay? Uh, what, what do we know about Kentanji Brown at this point? Uh, we know that Kentanji Brown Jackson, right, uh, has, has a tendency to be lenient on uh, people who have a child or who are in possession of child pornography, okay? So one could deduce, surmise, speculate, assume that maybe it had nothing to do with the fact that she was a woman or that she was black, that Joe Biden wanted her to be in the uh, Supreme Court. Maybe it has to do with the fact that when all of their little uh, pedophile cases get appealed up to the Supreme Court, that, uh, you know, she'll have so they'll have someone on their team ready to strike down that, that case and, and say, you know what? They shouldn't get castration or double castration. They should, they should just be sentenced to uh, um, e e probation for a couple of months. Kentanji Brown Jackson, okay? So that, that's been the big hubbub. Uh, we've had people defending her like this Democrat Senator Dick Durbin defended uh, Kentanji Brown Jackson. 
and her lenient sentences uh, uh, for defendants caught in possession with child pornography. It boiled down to something like we're looking at the downloaded content versus the physical content, right? Uh, she was like, back in the day, they used to have Polaroids and they used to have uh, video cassettes which surmounted to this person's really, really a uh, child, you know, a uh, pederast. Uh, he's into this stuff. Uh, to, to now where, well, it's just a digital file. And since a digital file is basically thin air, and, and if there's an EMP blast, it goes away, you know, it's not in hand, it's not tangible. Uh, the, the, the sentencing is just not going to be as uh, strict and heavy. Well, I mean, I don't know, Kentangi Brown Jackson, do you ever think about the victims? of those uh of those uh um videos or pictures or media or whatever it is that they are showing and 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 go ogling over you know uh, uh doesn't think about that Kentangi brown now i did not find anything about this so it was actually quite stunning uh that they found this information in her ruling and that's why i was saying like when they're talking about you know kavanaugh and and this woman who who had a train ran on her and in one of those one of those uh you know uh stirrups might have been Brett Kavanaugh's that entered her body that night but who knows right uh um who knows whose choo choo was inside of her hoo hoo dilly right uh and that's all speculation but here you have someone who has made rulings and opinions and has uh, adjudicated and has done sentencing Hard on the books facts, right? In the book, written, printed, published, sold at your local bookstore. Kentanji Brown Jackson gives lenient uh, sentencing to individuals that have been found to be in possession of child pornography. Not exactly someone that I would want on my team. That's Team America, Team United States of America, Team Republic, Republic Constitutional Republic of America, right? Not what I would want, not, not what I'm looking for. So I don't see how this person, just based on that, can be uh, confirmed, okay? That's, that's some big problems there. But you know what? Let the rhinos who are going to confirm her confirm her because at least they're showing us who they are. Probably they have some child skeletons in their closet as well. Then there's the matter of critical race theory, of course, and if she's going to be an activist judge. Uh, that's a question I find interesting that they is necessary to ask any of these candidates for any judicial positions. Uh, they did the same thing with uh, Judge, uh, 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 was it um, Allison, uh, Judge Allison, Judge Allison, the, the judge who was over... Um, over Ghislaine Maxwell's trial. Because you remember, guys, in the middle of this huge uh, human trafficking, child uh, trafficking um, trial, uh, they had to take a break. They had to take a recess so that uh, Judge Allison Nathan could go and get confirmed for another judicial position. And I believe it was Senator Kennedy who kept on asking her, and she could not answer the question about being an activist judge and, you know, whether uh, she thought that race had anything to do with sentencing. You know, so she couldn't answer it. So an example, you know, they're going to they're going to they're going to curve the rule of law to fit systemic racism, for example. So uh, uh, they broke this law black and white. But because of systemic racism and that they're a minority, uh, they had no privilege. And so we're going to rule this way. 
kind of like uh, uh, digital child pornography versus VHS child pornography. You know, we're going we're gonna to rule differently for those matters. So, you know, uh, big deals there. Uh, the universities that she's taught at, the, c- the campuses she's, uh, she's been uh, uh, on the boards for all teach critical race theory, right? I think, uh, I think she holds the 1619 Project up in some regard. Uh, this article I did want to share before we go, though, uh, had to do with leftist dark money backing Kentanji Brown Jackson for Supreme Court. It, it's not too, it's not too, uh, you know, uh, nail biting, but you know, it's interesting. Uh, you have here uh, former Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Lindsey Flimsy Graham, traitor, treasonous American, and uh, other po- Republicans pointed out that leftist dark money groups backed Kentanji Brown's bid for Supreme Court. Uh, they said this uh, leftist group was called uh, Demand Justice, and they pushed Jackson to serve on the D.C. Circuit Court and for her to serve on the Supreme Court. Demand Justice previously operated under part of a massive leftist dark money network organized by the 1630 Fund. Demand Justice had already announced a $1 million ad campaign in support of Jackson, and it plans to spend much more. The group projected a budget of $7.5 million for 2022. Demand Justice is one of several leftist dark money groups, as documented by Breitbart News. And uh, let's see here. Uh, It says Senator Sheldon Whitehouse claimed during the Supreme Court nomination hearings on Monday that the current Supreme Court is built by dark money, even though Whitehouse is a recipient of leftist money. Ted Cruz called him a hypocrite. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Several left-wing activists have taken advantage of a possible Democrat majority and urged Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer to retire. Demand Justice Executive Director Brian Fallon said in March 2021 that if Jackson were confirmed to the D.C. Circuit Court, she would likely springboard to the Supreme Court. Uh, Demand Justice even ran a six-figure ad campaign to build support among black Americans in July of 2021. Okay, so just kind of pointing out some of this stuff. Here's a funny one, though. Here's one that I think will really reach us, ladies and gentlemen, because a dark money, dark money, you know, demand justice. uh, They already sound like an SJW, social justice type of organization, a progressive, undoubtedly racist. Guess who serves on the board of demand justice? Okay, someone on the board of demand justice is an individual who has come into the spotlight as of recently by the name of Eli Mistel. Ladies and gentlemen, Eli Mistel. You might remember him from such movie, movies as The Nutty Professor and, uh, I don't know, the one about the fat people, right? Okay, so this guy sits on the board of Demand Justice and not only that, is a staunch supporter of Kentanji Brown Jackson, which means he might have some digital files of children that are inappropriate, ladies and gentlemen. Because we already know he's into CRT and we already know this piece of trash does not think too much about our United States Constitution. We'll wrap up tonight's show with this clip of this loser talking trash about our founding fathers and our founding document. And this man who supports Kentanji Brown Jackson, I would not want to be associated anywhere close to someone like this if I were running for, if I were, if I were being nominated for justice of the Supreme Court. Would you guys, I would be embarrassed and I would just try and get away from this person as much as possible. But this guy's like, Kentanji Brown, she's going to be confirmed. 
Here is Eli Mistol, this misguided miscreant and hater of America. Yeah, so what I'm trying to do with this book is explain in layman's terms what Republicans are doing to the law. Because I honestly believe that if everybody understood it, they'd be as outraged as I am about it, and they'd be willing to do something about it. Mm -hmm. Look, folks, the law is complicated. I'm not going to lie about that. Uh But it's not beyond the reach of most literate people, all right? It's not Mm -hmm. sending a rocket to Mars and making it land just so. so Right? You can -hmm. can read. You can understand the laws that govern this country, and you can understand how Republicans are obviously trying to manipulate those laws to take away the rights of minorities, women, the LGBTQ community. You can see it all, and I try to explain it all in ways that people can understand so that we can fight them. I have to tell you, I loved this book so very much. Um, The first chapter, Canceling Trash People is Not a Constitutional Crisis. Um, (laughs) Chapter 9, The Taking of Black Land, was another favorite of mine, and Reverse Racism is Not a Thing. I just think it's fantastic. Let me... I live in Florida, so I'm, like, on ground zero of where uh, all of this is happening. I'm, I'm out of my mind about the bills banning conversations about race and ethnicity and and LGBTQ, uh, just even mentioning gender identity in primary schools. But some will say, okay, so are you arguing for throwing out the Constitution? Should the Constitution be thrown out? What do we do? Is it a living... She needs to get the cake and the cotton balls out of her mouth. Document, Document, is is it a... Or is it a sacred document? It's certainly not sacred. All right, let's start there. (laughs) The Constitution is kind of trash. (laughs) <laughs> now, let's just, again, let's just talk as adults for a second. What did you say? It's what? It's kind I of tra- trash. Trash. It was a- so he calls it trash, and, and then notice how he, he notice how he gets racist. I mean, anyways, you'll, you guys have seen this clip before, I'm sure. It was written by slavers and colonists and white people who were willing to make deals with slavers and colonists. They didn't ask anybody look like me what they thought about the Constitution. Mm-hmm. They didn't say, oh, Jim, come over here. What do you think about this old Constitution? Yeah. Well, Massa, I sure don't like how you sell my children. <laughs> um, but I gotta say, man, this King George, he needs to be stopped. Yeah. My, my grandpa used to say, ain't no taxation without representation for Massa. Like, that's not what happened, okay. right? This document was written without the consent of black and brown people in this country and without the consent of women in this country. And I say if that, if that, if that is the starting point, mm-hmm. the very least we can do is ignore what those slavers and colonists and misogynists thought and interpret the Constitution in a way that makes sense for our modern world. That's Do you want the to rewrite it? Line. Do you want to rewrite it? I could, right? <laughs> I, could, I could rewrite parts of it in a tweet, right? Like, how about popular election for, for, for the president? Mm-hmm. Um, people vote, not land. That's not even in there, is it? I'm saying yeah, that's that's what I was rewriting it. If I was rewriting it, we could right. do it in a tweet, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? um, term limits right. for Supreme Court justices. And right. how about no states' rights when it comes to health care, elections, policing, and guns? Right. right. Just better. That's just, that's just better, and you can do that in a tweet. Can't so. the amendments help some of that? Well, here's the problem with the amendment process. Really fast though. now. I got 20 seconds. The problem with the amendment process is that the, for the, in, in, in American history, there have been 115 people allowed to interpret what the amendments mean. 108 of them have been white. Okay. That's a problem. Well, you are certainly a compelling guest. Isn't <laughs> it? Fantastic. Ellie Mistel is his name. His new book, Allow Me to Retort. Shh.
shut up. Okay, that guy's tra- that guy's trash. Okay, that guy's trash. We're not even gonna get into it, guys. Just so you know, this is the supporter of Kentanji Brown Jackson. Who's Kentanji Brown Jackson married to? Paul Ryan's brother, right? If I'm not mistaken. Okay. And uh, what Sotus died? That was Antonin Scalia. He was murdered uh, by the child he was raping. Anyways, guys. All right, guys. We're going to wrap it up there for tonight. Thank you all so much for being part and parcel of the audience and uh, hanging out with us on a Tuesday night. Uh, We will be back uh, shortly with more uh, news, headlines, and uh, other things for you guys to uh, mull over and enjoy. And, uh, well, I hope you guys... Yeah, yeah, yeah. WC Cranop, my sentiments exactly, right? Uh, You know, uh, that Joy Behar is kind of like, oh, man, this guy... I don't know what to say. She did not know what to say to him. And that guy has absolutely no sense of reality, history, or content, nothing, right? And then he's all Massa, Massa. I believe in representation with blah, 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 Massa. He's such a hypocrite. Anyways, okay, guys. Y'all have a great and wonderful evening. Let me go ahead and release the scratching for you guys. If you're hanging out with us at Foxhole or at Pill.net, follow and or favorite the show. If you're with us live over at uh, Rumble, Twitch, or Clout Hub, please do follow. Also, share the links. Visit thecreport.com. Sign up for our email list. Visit our store. Check out our resources. All right, guys. Y'all have a great night. As always, be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. We will see you next time.